0: welcome to the baseball america podcast baseball america bringing you baseball news you can't get anywhere else for more than 35 years now it's time to talk baseball
2: welcome everyone another baseball america podcast jj cooper and i just we're tired of talking to each other and not recording it. So we decided to keep on doing this and share the gift with you. We have a guest this <laughs> we afternoon. We put
0: gift in quotation marks. Oh, it's a
2: gift. It's, our, it's the only gift I have to bring to you. I got no frankincense or myrrh. This is it. So, um, But Matt Blood always brings out the random God references from me. So back when he worked here and now here on the podcast, Matt, uh, now the 18U National Team Director for USA Baseball. Welcome back to the Baseball America offices. Uh, we won't make you crawl through any, locked, uh, any, <laughs> any ceilings today. But uh, welcome back. Always good to have you here, man.
3: Yeah, it looks good.
2: Yeah, we got the, We have a few issues from where you were up up on the wall. Some Matt Blood <laughs> articles up here from uh, watching Ethan Martin uh, get taken deep Ooh, by uh, Eric Osmer. That was the defining moment of that, your. That was basically. Tenure.
0: That was probably the best high school game I imagine that you saw. With that time. was
3: one of the greatest high school games I've ever seen. Yeah. You know, even through all the scouting, even right? you know, through all the scouting years, but. To see that battle between Ethan Martin, which I was kind of like his, his coming out party on the mound, um, to see him uh, perform the way he did, punch out Eric Hosmer in the first inning with 96 miles an hour, uh, and then Hosmer got him later uh, with an absolute blazer <laughs> to left center field off the scoreboard, um, and... I think Ethan Martin threw like 137 pitches that day, which was brutal. But uh, <laughs> he he was he was electric, and, and Hosmer was great. But people probably don't realize who else was on the field at the time. I mean, Devin Marrero was on that team. Uh, Castellanos yeah. was on that team. American heritage. Yeah, uh, Adrian Nieto. Uh, there That's were, pretty good. Yeah, J. C. uh It was. There were other guys who played D one. I mean, it was a. A very talented group of players. Well, Matt's a young guy, but Matt has seen a lot of
2: baseball. Matt, in turn with the uh, San Francisco Giants, I remember you telling me stories about playing catch, long toss with Brandon Crawford, I think it was, or Pablo well, Sandoval, Yeah, he was throwing left-handed and well,
3: right-handed. Yeah, Pablo Pablo could throw 90 with both arms. That was, <laughs> that was in Salem. uh um, Salem, Kyler, Salem right? Kaiser, Oregon. Yeah, Brandon Crawford was with the 2006 national team. Okay. A college national. Team. I worked for USA Baseball as an intern in 2006. Intern with USA
2: Baseball. Intern with the Giants. Worked with uh, North Carolina's uh, team when you were uh, what an gra- undergraduate assistant. Yeah. Junior, in, and senior year. Yeah, 2006 of. and seven. Right? Or was it seven and eight? Six and
3: seven. Andrew Six. Miller and Andrew Miller was the, the ace of that staff, and I was blessed to get to watch him pitch all all summer. Point well, is That's Matt.
2: Right. Matt's been at this for a decade and seen a lot of different kinds of talent. And after working the draft here with us for a year, scouted with the St. Louis Cardinals for six years, and now working uh, with the 18U national team. So Matt, that a little bit of your journalism background, your on the field background with U.S. with a uh, both as an intern and working with Carolina, uh, scouting background with the Cardinals. Which of those skill sets? How do you how did you bring those skills to USA Baseball and having to Administrate the team, but also evaluate and help pick this national team in a year where it sounds like the talent level was extremely high.
3: Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, the job, at least the way that I took it, um, was full service. I mean, you're everything from the um, the secretary to the travel secretary to the the farm director to the scouting director to the GM, uh, and actually even doing some bench coaching as well. <laughs> uh, so uh We're a lot of hats. Yeah, you wear in in this role which is I wasn't I wasn't expecting it to be as as rewarding uh as it, as it was um getting to know a lot of really great baseball people, uh getting to be around and get to know some of the most elite talent that I've ever seen and uh getting to represent your country ultimately uh, the honor, you don't really understand what it means until you do it. And everybody says, oh, it's a, it's a great thing. Well, it is, and it's even better when you actually do it. Uh, the, kids, the kids see that. The coaches see that. It's just a, it's just a real special thing to be a part of. Uh, and for me personally, being from the beginning of the process in January to the end of the process in October, uh, seeing everything that went into putting ultimately 20 players together, and four coaches, uh, it was it was really really neat, you know, to be a part of and to to experience. And I mean, you, know, like you said, you took the job in January,
2: mm-hmm. so you this is your first year without a draft. Yep. But it sounds like you made up for that by making up your own kind of draft Basically. board and bringing a, a draft approach to selecting this team. So like that that process from January till yep. Tournament of Stars in June, which is right. the supposed the start of kind of. Uh, what the on-field portion of the selection process. What are you doing from that January to June? How are right. you picking out and, and those this, players? This year,
3: it was January to June. Uh, next year would right. be really June to June. Right. Uh, I've already begun the process for next year's team, uh, and, and I'm treating it very similarly to how a, a, an amateur scouting staff would. You know, I, I'm seeing events. I'm talking uh, to college coaches. I'm getting recommendations. Uh, I'm writing my own reports, I'm getting reports from other other people, and um, I'm compiling all that information, and I'm creating depth charts, and uh, deciding is this guy a, a no-doubter, or is this guy uh, a probable, or is this guy a maybe, right. or no, and uh, you put every, all the information together, you make your depth charts, and you decide, okay, we have enough room for this many catchers, this many first basemen, all on and on, and... Um, You make your selections that way. Uh, And then when you get to the Tournament of Stars, you're there evaluating them. And and the way I handled the Tournament of Stars scouting meetings was uh, just like a scouting director would. I've I've been in eight draft rooms uh, in my career. I forgot you were in the Rays. Yeah, Yeah, I was with the Rays in one of their draft rooms as an assistant, uh, as an intern, and then seven times with the Cardinals uh, I did it and saw a lot of different methods for how to handle a draft room. And I tried to pick and choose the good ones and tried to stay away from the bad ones and uh, ultimately I, I felt like we had a pretty good process in whittling it down from the 108 players that we had at the tournament stars down to the 40 that we took to trials uh, and um, th- it's a little bit different than professional scouting because we are looking for the players that uh, are going to help us win in the next three months and not necessarily who is who has the highest upside at the major league level so, um, there were highly talented players that didn't even make our forty man uh, and and I'll be the first to admit those guys are probably going to go in the first round hmm. and and they very well may have big careers uh but from what I saw and from what our staff saw, uh they probably weren't going to help us as much as the other guy that we chose um in in Mexico this year
2: and If I didn't mention it before, october ninth gold medal u s beat Cuba six to one so uh, mission, accomplished, mission accomplished when all was said I and mean, done and really that's you had this process that you uh, you know brought to USA Baseball and that you were able to bring in this year but ultimately it's a results based business yep. that's what you I mean you're you have you're to be, to be judged on that gold medal really aren't you
3: no doubt you know if you win uh, good job uh, if you lose then it's uh, what the what, hell <laughs> Yeah, you, know, you know what happened and uh, you need to do better next year so uh, that's the goal is to is to put together the absolute best team that you can to remove as much possibility of losing as possible. Uh,
0: with that, one thing on the process with that. So you get, I mean, obviously you've got TOS, then you've got the trials, you set the team, you head down to Mexico. How much do you know about your opponents when you get down to Mexico? I mean, is it something where you're scouting there, or is there much that you can before you get there you don't know much
3: before you get there Uh, you may be able to talk with some international scouts uh, and get a feel for which of the teams is going to be more competitive Uh, there I mean we were the best team on the field tools wise by far that doesn't always translate into wins internationally you also need the best team uh, that, that plays together you know and buys into playing like a team and not just Showcasing their ability, right, which is
0: tough because this, these are guys who have just come off of a summer where that's not what they're doing. It's showcase.
3: It's showcase circuit for the most part, but uh, we try to build that from day one that this is this is not a showcase. This is a team building exercise uh, where you're going to learn how to play the game the right way and do all the little things. Um, so, to answer your question though about the other teams. We knew that we had the best team, and we knew that if, if we played well, we were going to be fine. We had we had power pitching, uh, and we had we had athletes with power and speed uh, and skill, skilled defensively. Um, so we knew that if we came together as a team, it really didn't matter uh, what the other teams were going to throw at us. Uh, but yeah, we we picked up information on teams as we as we got there. Uh, we realized, you know, that Mexico uh, was was a, a talented team as well and could play the game pretty well. Uh, Cuba always is that way. Um, I think Panama was down a little bit, and we, we went into thinking that Panama was going to be one of the best teams, and we threw, you know, Hans Kraus at them right away, and the game wasn't really competitive, you know, so you, you learned a little bit about them there. and You knew that Nicaragua was going to be a, a scrappy group, and they sure were. They took us to the ninth inning, and we were losing in the ninth, which... Which we we really should not have been, but you know they they battled, and uh, we were fortunate to come back and and win that game. And that you was know, a nip and tuck game all it, the way. it was. I mean, our depth our depth is just something that the other countries can't compete with, at least not in the Pan Am Games, and we'll see, you know, next year in the World Championships. But Sounds like I was gonna say next year, yeah, yeah. I mean, we we pull out arm after arm after arm, and other teams, you know, once they get into their bullpen, whether it's throwing strikes or just quality of stuff, it just diminishes. So. We can wear a team down. Uh, here's, here's a, this is a tangent shock, I know, but um, you know, I always hear
2: this when I talk to Eric Campbell, the college national team. I've heard this at the professional level with a lot of, uh, whether it's Premier 12 or these kind of other tournaments, how is the approach of the U.S. hitter compared to the international hitter? Because it does seem like the biggest advantage the U.S. has is depth of arms and depth of power arms. But in international play, the American hitter, the amateur hitter, is geared almost too much for power mm-hmm. and doesn't quite often have as advanced approach. Again, you didn't see, say, Korea or Japan this year. Right. But uh, compared to the other teams in the Western Hemisphere, how would you grade the American hitter's approaches? Was it a little bit more raw, a little bit too power-oriented, or were your hitters able to make adjustments um, to seeing a lot of off-speed stuff that they saw?
3: Right. The off-speed stuff was the, the big the big uh, problem for our hitters that weren't quite as disciplined. Uh, I think we did a pretty good job of, of preaching, you know, lay off, lay off the breaking ball, especially when it's down in the zone because it's never, you know, if it starts down, it's going to stay down and get even even lower, you know. And, and we we have, you know, some players that couldn't quite grasp that and some players that could. Um,
2: and it's a short window to grasp
3: it. It is. It is. Uh, we have from beginning to end about 28 days, you know, so – um our players are just bigger, faster and stronger, right? And, and that's that's what was startling to me was was that the other the other teams they couldn't handle the velocity that we were throwing at them. Uh, and if we were throwing over 90, they they weren't going to hit the ball real hard. We, I was afraid, I mean, you weren't ever afraid that they were gonna hit the ball out of the yard where you know we were big and strong and could and, yeah. and, and that that was the big difference that I saw Now, in, in the approaches, International hitters have good approaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I feel. I mean, so so do the U.S. So I, I just think that they were overmatched by our. That was less of a gap. It, it sounds like there's less of a gap it, in the. It was less of a gap, but the strength there was a huge gap. Right. Like our our strength and 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 power uh, was overwhelming. Tristan can miss hit a ball and still drive it. He's the youngest guy <laughs> on the team. He's one of the youngest guys in the tournament, and and he hit more home runs. Uh, than all the other teams combined. Right.
1: right. You know, <laughs> and, and, you know,
3: we hit six as a team uh, in, in those Gave eight, eight games, you know, and uh, just not many extra base hits were hit by other teams.
2: Four. Four against the Team USA pitching. Four right. extra base hits. Right. So all and doubles in the U.S. in those eight games. 23 doubles, three triple six home runs. So and, and Jared, I, get a I, know, I
3: know Jared, you know, Jared Kelnick had – had uh, five extra base hits himself, if I remember correctly. You know, so and
0: another guy who's yes. not even draft eligible next year, right. a young guy who's yeah. one of the younger guys in and this. Like
3: his physicality is just a, is just an example of what I'm talking about. I mean, uh, the the other countries don't have you know those type of tools, at least not what I saw. This, time. I you know, Cuba had a guy who center fielder who was strong, who could run, and had had some arm strength. You know, a guy that just from my scouting hat, I'm looking at him I go, okay, that guy's got some tools that are going to play. Uh, but it's just one guy.
0: Where, where and they you, had, like, one pitcher who really brought, uh, brought it right. Well,
1: they
3: had, a, they had a left-hander who who was a good pitchability guy, uh, but we didn't see anybody else from their team that, that threw hard. And Mexico had a guy who came in and pitched really well against us who was low 90s with a good break ball, on a good change-up, and he threw strikes. Pedro
2: Leon was the Cuban center
1: fielder, correct? Yes, yes, tonight.
3: yes, exactly. Um, the other thing that was unfortunate, I mean, you, you always want to win, but Cuba, unfortunately, had a couple – I think three or four guys that defected um, while they were in Mexico, and that, mm. that's just not good for for the the, the spirit of of the game. And right. I think only one of them was really a contributor on that team. But still, I mean, it's it's not what we were hoping for. We were hoping to play them at full strength. And, right. Um, you want to test yourself against yeah. the best. Yeah. Historically, they've been the next
2: best. So. Mm.
3: Yeah. And they and they were there. I mean, I think Mexico. And them were a very even match. Mexico had more professional players, at least down in Mexico. So it was it was interesting to watch Mexico play. They all acted like they were ten year veterans hmm. in the, in the major leagues, like the way that they handled themselves. But their their talent and, and tools weren't that I mean, caliber. He,
2: I mean, Julio Urias was just two years too old to be in this tournament. Yeah. So right. I mean, two years ago when he was in Double A, he could have been in this
3: tournament. So Mexico had a catcher though. Uh, who who was was really good, uh, Alejandro Kirk. His defense was outstanding, uh, and he he was the best defensive catcher there. He he was he was a shutdown guy. He handled his his staff really well, and uh, he was a pretty good bat. I mean, he he could hit uh, from both sides, and and was was really good. You know, so he he was a guy that that could play. You know, in in the caliber of players that we're talking about here, but each team had maybe one of those guys. Right. Where we then- had we had. Every position was, was that type of player, so uh, that was the stark contrast we're talking about between those guys and, and uh, yeah, the depth you're talking and, about. And, on the street. and that's the, my point about trying to put together the absolute best team that you can is, is to to try to eliminate try to eliminate any room for error, right? You know, because baseball is baseball, and on any given day, one team can be another team. You know, because it's just how baseball is. Uh, one team throws out a pretty good pitcher and they got a shot you know and if, if if a silly run comes across one way or another you could end up losing and so you want to do what you po- it, it matters how good your team is to give you an even better shot to win and and that's that's my that's my challenge at least that's my charge is, is I'm going to do everything I can to put together the best team that that I possibly can I'm not going to just approach it like ah well we're the U.S. and You know we're going to be better. You know, uh, no, I I want to make sure that we are absolutely better in every position that we can.
0: And that's one of the things that does stand out for this team. Uh, This looks like this will be an eighteen U team that, when we look back at this roster five, ten years from now, it'll be a wow. Look at how many guys were on that team. I mean, this is a team. A lot of people listening to this probably there's baseball America fans who know some of these guys already, Mm -hmm. but a lot of people listening to this. May not know about them yet, but they're going to know about them down the road because this was a team. You said it's, it's physicality, it's tools, and it's a combination of tools and playing ability. And playability,
3: and yeah, that's what. And, and makeup. I, I was really happy with the makeup of the players on this team uh, in, in combining with their their skills and, and tools. Uh, they yes, I, I think that we'll see that this team had a dozen to fifteen. First rounders, you know.
0: There's 20 players on the team. That's right. like, Literally, that could be that three fourths of the roster is the first. Eventually, round yeah. yeah.
3: Whether it's whether it's this year or 17, 18, or 19, uh, I could see there being about a dozen guys out of high school that go in the first round. And then, if a few of these guys go to college, you know, they very well could end up in the first round as well. Uh, it's a. It was a. It was a really fun. Team to watch. I mean, you had you had big tools across the diamond, whether it was 80 runners or 70 power, you know, or 70 arms. I mean, we we had, and our our outfit was all arms that were above average to well above average. There aren't
0: many major league teams that do that on a normal night. Right,
3: right. I mean, Mike Ciani is it was our center fielder. Him and and Mike Holmes, Quentin Holmes, uh, platoon some out there because one's left hand hitter, one's right hand hitter, and uh, Quentin Holmes is an 80 runner. I mean, he absolutely just collides, uh, and, and he's he's got a solid average arm. But Mike Ciani is, is a sixty runner with a seventy arm at the least. It could be even you could even say it's even better than that. You know, uh, Kelnick is a 60, 60 arm sixty runner, uh, and Royce Lewis is, is the same. You know, so uh, basically playing our outfielders, right? You'd be
0: comfortable playing in center. No or doubt,
3: right? no doubt. And, and Cuba recognized that right away, and they they were not going to run. They were not going to take an extra base on us. And it was, it was, it was noticeable how f- afraid they were of, of the arm strength that our outfielders had. You know? And there wasn't a guy in the outfield that we were trying to hide. You know, those, right. th- all of our outfielders
0: were, were dynamic players.
2: It, so, the, so the arm strength wasn't just evident on the mound. It was also in right. the outfield and in we, the infield. And but your we profile,
0: had, I mean, you're, we, we, we've been joking on here as we go through the playoffs and how many non-profile guys there are. Yeah. Obviously, this is projection. But you were profiled almost across the board. Across I mean, the
3: board, yeah. I mean, we had our, our third baseman were were Hunter Green and uh, and Valade played some third. Uh, and I mean, Hunter Hunter's got a, an eighty arm as well, right. and <laughs> and he's got serious raw power. Uh, and and Hunter and Ryan Valade, uh, same thing. He's got serious raw power and is a nice defender and can throw. You know, he profiles at third base, and he also he also played second base, which he can he, do very well. He, he can remote, play wherever you want yeah. him to. And Nick then Nick Allen, Allen Nick on is sure. I mean he, he is he is so good defensively. It's an out when it's hit to him and he makes hard plays look easy. And then if he does make a mistake, it's on a seriously hard play that he still made look like he should have made it huh. when most guys would never even had a chance. Uh he's got a sixty arm. And then know?
0: again you're and then you're you're missing this is even with an <laughs> injury because you yeah. could have even which Right, Again, which is I guess it would been a good problem to have. I don't even know how you'd have basically balanced playing time if you. Yeah,
3: I mean Bryce, Bryce Terang. Thing. Bryce Terang is a 2018 very special player, uh, a special kid too. I mean, he, he knows the game, and he's got tools across the board. He could play every position on the diamond probably, because uh, he just knows how to play baseball. But uh, he he could play shortstop if we wanted to, wanted him to, uh, and he would have been one of our better center fielders if he had been out there. Um, on a team but that it was, had an eighty runner exactly, and a sixty with great distinct. Exactly. <laughs> but, but his 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 ability to hit and to, to steal bases and, and to just impact the game at every level is is uh, is really, really fun to watch. He he got hurt on a ground ball uh, during BP on the very last day uh, of of training. The day before we were going to Mexico. I mean and he, you know, he was slotted to be our leadoff hitter and to play second base every game and uh, ground ball hit a lip. And I hit him in the eye, and, uh, and we we precautionary just said no we, we can't we can't let you play, uh, you got too good of a future. Plus, you could be back on this team again <laughs> next year, you know. And, and uh, I mean, to be to be like selfish about it, I was I was so disappointed because I didn't I was now not going to get to see this kid play for eight more days. Oh, nine so I, more I, days. Just,
2: I know your competitiveness. I know you were kicking something around. In well, it, well, in the, the hotel thing room. is
3: the thing is Ryan Ryan Valade played second base in. in and and, and and he's good. a great player too. Yeah. But but like just the selfish baseball fan in me, right? Was like, man, I don't get to watch this kid play the game over the next nine weeks, and that—that's how I feel about his ability. I mean, he's he's a, he's just a great baseball player. So,
2: yeah. If Tereng hadn't gotten hurt, he had a chance to have just three. It sounds like epic underclassmen in Tereng Kellenick and Cassis. and Siani uh, and Siani's I mean, underclass yeah. as well. I mean, so they, I mean, all those eighteen class Hudson Blinsky's not. He's not here today. We would have had him in this podcast, but Hudson just was texting me yesterday, uh, our draft writer now, about this 2018 class. It's just great. as ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was talking about guys he saw in Jupiter over the weekend, and like he's like, I could do a top 10 for 2018, like right now, yeah. top of my head. He said, and some of the guys who I like best, there's no way I
3: can put them in the top five. Right. So no, it's a strong class. I've done a lot of research on it already. Like I said, we've, yeah, we've. I want to know the players as as well as I possibly can and, and uh, I was down in Jupiter as well. Uh, I was at Area Code Games and uh, another event RNTDP, our National Team Development Program. And uh, I feel I feel pretty good uh, about about what's out there and how uh, deep the team will be again across the board. Um, it's a it's a it's a fun it's a fun problem to have when, when you're trying to choose between between high caliber first round potential player and high caliber first round potential yeah. player, <laughs> yeah. you know, for that last spot, and and that's that's a good problem to have.
2: I do feel like we should start with let's let's talk about some of the 2017 guys. We're in the 2017 draft cycle. Okay, um, obviously, I'm going to ask you to put on a little bit of your scout hat here, but I, I don't feel like you ever separate one from the other. Mm-hmm. Um, Hunter Green is the only member of this class who has been on the cover of our magazine. He was three pictures of him on the cover of the magazine. But Hunter did not pitch uh, for you guys in Mexico. Obviously didn't need him, but this is a guy who we've written about as a potential you know, pitcher who could be the first pick in the 2017 draft, and he, as a high school pitcher, and that's never happened before, so. right-hander, yeah. The, 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 right, right, high school right-hander. So the fact that that's even in play tells you how significant his arm is. You already talked about him at third base, how easy and true his arm strength is over there. It didn't seem like he, he had a great tournament offensively. He hit 261. Three extra base sets. It did have six RBIs. Um, you know, there's a lot of hype around Hunter Green. Uh, th- separate the hype from the reality what you got to see, both when you've seen him in the past. I mean, we were there in San Diego, JJ and I were there with you at the junior home run derby. He made the finals, did he not? That junior home run derby at Petco. He he, he just semi-finals. he just missed the yeah. finals
3: but he put on a display Yeah first round in the first round he he blew everybody away. That was easy juice. Yeah. So
2: there's there's a lot he has flashed a lot of premium tools. It sounds like the one thing he doesn't do is run at a premium level and so the question of whether he's a hitter or a pitcher down the line is is still up in the air.
3: Yeah, as a as, from a scouting perspective, it's a it's very interesting uh, question to have to answer with him. The he's easy to scout. Yeah, the pitching. He's got an electric arm, yeah. and he's got a really good delivery. Good body. It's it's something he repeats. He's got feel for it. He's got secondary stuff. He throws strikes. Uh, I mean, it's it's a big big profile and uh, a lot of a lot of projection to him. So uh, he's very very exciting on the mound um no he didn't throw for us but uh, I mean I understand I understand where they were coming from on that uh you're trying to be cautious with his arm right you know it's it's uh it's commendable you know to to do that so um but we still felt that he could help us offensively uh, because just like you're talking about he's got a lot of ability there too uh he's he's a very nice defender he's got he's got uh Easy, soft hands, instincts, especially at shortstop. I think he's more comfortable at shortstop. Uh, I, I think he's 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 not your your uh, no, he's not a, not a good runner, but it, it doesn't affect him that much at shortstop. Sure, he's, he's got good first step. Um, <laughs> Instincts to to both sides. Uh,
2: and I think of the top shortstops of the major leagues right now. The young guys, two of them are not guys who are burners in any way. Well, Seager and Carina. Corey Seager. Nobody thought was would exactly. shortstop.
3: I mean, I, he was my area. Yeah, Al- almost drafted him. <laughs> if, if the Dodgers had just pulled out one more pick, we would have had him. But uh, no, he uh, he he's turned out to be a better shortstop than than any scout will ever. Had, Right, ever actually have said? I mean, maybe somebody will say that they thought he was shortstop, but he, I, I don't believe him. He admitted to our Kyle uh, Kyle Glazer last issue when he
2: was rookie of the year. He's like, "Yeah, seeing that you guys had me listed at third base yeah. in that 2012 draft that yeah. that motivated me right. that five yeah. months." So. But
3: Seager is very similar. It was very similar uh, tools to Hunter in, in the sense that um, his hands were outstanding, his instincts were outstanding, and he had a, a plus arm. Now, now Green's got an even better arm. Than Seager, Seager's arm was sixty to sixty-five. Green's arm is a is true 7. Is, is a, it well, like at the minimum, yeah, I I was mean, it's an team. eighty. I mean, I mean, he, he's got a he's got a phenomenal arm. So I just want to
2: remind our listeners: you're just comparing him tool for tool at a similar stage of development to Corey
3: Seager, and yet I think you like him better on the mound. Well, because Corey <laughs> Seager's bat is is special, like, right? And and Hunter Hunter has the tool of raw power that. Um, is is better than Seeger's. Seeger didn't have that raw power. Uh, Seeger was more of a line drive, mm-hmm. uh, doubles guy with with some power, and he's obviously got power. It just right. wasn't in his approach uh, where Hunter can launch more balls, especially you know in, in batting practice, you know, over the fence. So it's just going to come down to do the scouts think he's that kind of hitter. Yeah, and I think that's still to be determined. I, he he played well for us. Um, uh, for the most part. I mean, yeah. I, his numbers don't reflect quite as well as he played for us uh, offensively. Um, and during trials, <laughs> he, he went on a tear for a few days that really solidified himself as Being uh, on as, as one of our uh, offensive guys. And he had, he had a couple really big hits for us. He had a big hit for us uh, in, in the Nicaragua game, I believe. And he had one in, in the first Cuba game uh, that both of those, those, I think they were doubles and uh, one to left field, one to right field. And and uh those were huge hits for us. He got he got jammed uh in I think it was the third to last game and his his thumb his thumb swore, uh not jammed but his thumb got bruised. Okay. And and I think that affected his his ability to really put some thump into the ball from that point on and and I think that affected him a little bit. So that may be reflected in the numbers but um, I think it's still pretty I was impressive. pleased yeah I was pleased with, with the way that, that he played I mean he, he played in seven of our eight games and uh, we you know we probably wouldn't have won um, the Cuba game without him and, yeah. and maybe not the Nicaragua game either so uh, I mean I, I think very highly of his ability uh, to impact the game both on the mound uh, and and in the field.
0: The thing that also stood out, you talked about the arms that you had on this team. The guy that jumps out from that is, is that it seemed like Hans Kraus was the guy. Not that you guys didn't have a lot of choices, but Hans Kraus was kind of the, the moment of truth guy. Is that a fair thing to say? Yeah, we,
3: we threw him the first game. The, the, the thing that we knew going in was that velocity is not something that these teams are used to seeing.
0: And Hans Kraus has velocity. <clears throat> and, not,
3: and, and not just velocity, but... but Big, like big-time velocity. And, and he had the biggest velocity of anybody, and he had improved over the last year his ability to throw strikes. And and when we realized that, okay, this guy can throw strikes with his fastball, he's going to be reliable. So we threw him out there against Panama in the first game, and he realized at the very he's a smart kid, uh, and he's a competitor, and he realized right away that these guys had no shot against his fastball. And he threw only fastballs the entire game. And I love that. And and he didn't even throw as hard as he could. He was he was preserving himself. I think he was sitting ninety one to ninety four that day and he was pitching to contact, you know, which was which was impressive to me. That's you know, a that's a
2: huge mature exactly step that's that's, we, that's my point. We hear so much about this current generation of players who are showcase players and only pitch to the radar gun and to hear a story like that about he, he a he didn't high school care student i mean, was his
3: his outing before that was at Texas and against the University of Texas and and he was fired up for that game <laughs> and and obviously those players are, are more advanced and physical guys and he came out and was 95 and 99 and he was hitting 99 multiple times in the first inning and the hitters literally had no chance. <laughs> they were swinging when the ball was hitting the mid. And and that was awesome to see. So we're like, okay, we're going to throw him out against Panama, and he's going to blow them away. Well, he did blow them away, but he did it in a different way. He knew that he could overpower them. He pitched a contact. He kept his pitch count down. I think he threw five innings, and he maybe only struck out one guy, and he didn't miss many barrels. But that was, after I watched it, he was like, that was intentional. Right. And I talked to him about it afterwards, and I was like, you know the only fastballs? He goes, yeah. He said they had no chance against me, and I was just, just trying to. Why throw something else where they actually right. have a chance to get? So then we go into the Cuba, and, and this is a good story. Going into that day, we, we weren't sure who we were going to start. You know, we were thinking about should we start Nick Prado because he's got a lot of experience in pitching in a gold medal C- game. Gold
2: medal winner as a the previous year right. for the, the 18U team right. as an undergrad. Do
3: we want to start him? Underclassman, Or, you know, do we We got – we. so there would be a really cool uh, or, or tough – um, mix, mix of Prado throwing, you know, upper 80s with, with multiple pitches and, and locating, Feel. and then bring in this big righty and throwing really hard. And the contrast between those two guys was going to m- mess up Cuba, we thought. But then we started thinking about it even more, and we we're like, you know what? Let's just put Krauss out there, you know, yeah. and, and see, see how far he can go. And we told him that more. The night before, we told the team that he was going to be Prado. And then the next morning, we talked to Prado and said, what do you think if, if we go to Kraus? And he was like, I think it's a great idea. Not because he didn't want the ball, but I, I, th- I think he knew you know, that, that Kraus was, was ready. And when we brought Kraus down to talk to him and we told him, like, the fire in his eyes, he just lit up. And, and, and that, that told me a lot about him. Mm-hmm. Like He wanted the ball so bad, and he went out there and he shoved, and he was throwing hard. And in Cuba, by the second time through the lineup, well, he had a perfect game going through four, I believe. And when they started coming around the second and third time, they were just trying to bunt. They were trying to get hit. They were trying to take walks. And just like anything, because they knew they weren't they knew up. they weren't going to put the ball in play. And through seven innings, through seven innings, I think they had one hit, and it was a, it was a, excuse me, little flare to right field, you know, and. and we were, we were completely comfortable. Now, in the eighth inning, he got a little bit tired. He walked a couple of guys. We brought in Jordan Butler, who just slammed the door right shut. But so we weren't sure. Was Kraus just going to go three innings, four innings, and then have to go to somebody else? Or, you know, we had Shane Boz available. We were ready to go to him. We had Logan Allen in the pen. We, we, were, we were loaded. Because we, we, lo- we, didn't, we didn't have to play a game the day before in the semifinals because of the, the rain. So we were loaded up. And we, we had all of our horses ready to roll. We didn't need them because Kraus pitched into the eighth. And uh, you know it, it's unfortunate for some other kids to get to pitch quite as much, but hey, you want a gold medal, you want a gold medal, and, right. and that that's what the whole team bought into that, and and nobody was was disappointed. I mean, it was it was it was really fun to watch Kraus compete the way he did, uh, and he was fired up after every inning, and punching guys out. I mean, that game, his approach was, I'm going to punch you out. It wasn't. I'm just going to cruise here and save my arm. It was. This is the last game. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna punch you out and he did. It's pretty
2: special, I think,
3: for a Southern California
2: kid who's probably started pitching games that really mattered to him in like in January, February, and here on October ninth, end of a long year where he's probably gotten up, gotten down, you know, these kind of things. He had his best for last when you guys needed it. That's there's a lot of positives in that report
3: on Hans Kraus. No no question. And and really Plus, his name is Hans Kraus. I mean, come on. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and for the most part, that's, that's what we saw out of, out of all of our guys. I mean, I, I had confidence in, in all of our guys. And when, when we were trying to decide who to throw against what teams, you know, when we decided, you know, whether it was Blaine Inlow who was probably the second best starter performer, for us, um, you who, know, who
0: has? I mean, it's not Krause's ninety nine, but he has legit stuff himself.
3: Obviously. Oh no, no doubt. He's a plus fastball, and he's got a and he's got a legit breaking ball as well. And he's a competitor, and has a lot of upside to him. So if I'm a scout, you know, I'm I'm very excited about him. But I mean, he 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 dominated Mexico. Um, he dominated the other game he pitched. And I think he threw probably the second most innings.
2: Dan- Dana Hills High, where Hans Krause goes, by the way. Now this is. Peter Tago's old high school. This is Merrick Kraus. Is that his older brother? Do you know? I'm not sure. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have put you on the spot. <laughs> yeah. I know Lucas Williams of the Phillies is a third round pick out of that school too. That's. They put the some other guys words, out. Yeah, Tanner Shepherds went there. So they, this is a program that's had sure. guys before. I mean, this yes. is not. Uh, you know, the, 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 this guy's going to has been on the radar, and he's. I think that's another part about a lot of these guys might have been <laughs> scrutinized and were scrutinized again here and played well under that scrutiny. Royce Lewis is another guy you mentioned earlier. You touched on before. I mean. Uh, a shortstop with electric tools, it sounds like.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't know what position he'll end up playing. Uh, I, I think. <laughs> because he can play a lot. He can play a lot of positions. He's an uber athlete, uh, quick twitch. Uh, he, he got. Again, J. Sarah Catholic. Kai is again, yeah. he's a guy who's not some Johnny right. no, no, Come lately. Right. No, Didn't come out of nowhere though No, no. He, he played finals. on a national team, uh, 15 and under. Uh, he, he's been around. And, and when I've gotten. I, this is my first year getting to know him. And it, what a joy to, to be around that kid. He's, he's a really special kid on and off the field. Uh, he's, he's got unbelievable talent. Uh, he could play a lot of positions. That right. he, he could end up in the outfield, right. but uh, he also maybe ends up at second base uh, or third base.
2: And this is a guy who's
3: got a chance to be a single-digit draft
2: pick next year. I mean, like he struck out none and walked eight times for you guys. He hit 500 in this tournament. You know
3: what was really fun to watch with him was, was he really – from the first day we saw him at the Tournament Stars as a group, I'd seen him before that, but he made – he got better and better and better and better throughout the entire summer. Uh, he, he was really good at the Under Armour game. He had a home run. Mm-hmm. He, I think he was the MVP of, of the PGs game. He got to our trials, and uh, he played well at our trials. And then he got to our training – and he played well, but he, he, he wasn't getting hits because just it was just unfortunate. And 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 he stuck with it, and he stuck with it. And then we got down there. So something came alive in him. The competition fueled him, which hmm. which was really really fun to. Watch. It was invigorating to watch because he knew that he was the best player in the on the field, and the pitcher had no shot against him. And he hit 500. And and his outs were were loud outs, and and he knew and he battled those pitchers. You know he would if he got a pitch that he couldn't handle or, or wasn't he fouled it off. You know until he got his pitch and then he hit something hard, and he he just he dominated the game. And he's such a nice kid off the field that sometimes you're like I wonder. He's he's, he's just a really nice kid on the field. He's not. I mean, he is <laughs> he is a competitor. And and he's diving for balls. He's stealing bases. He's He's screaming and, and excited, and that all, all comes from a really good place. I mean, he's, he, he's, one, he's, he's an exceptional player, and he, he's an even better person off the field. So, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a, a really nice combination that you're getting there uh, out of that guy. I, I think his ceiling, I mean, his projection and his ceiling from a scout's point of view is through the roof. I'm,
0: I'm, it's like, I mean, there's, you know about the speed, as you said. I mean, you've got the defense, you've got the hitting ability. But there's power there. There's power potential there too. Is there not?
3: Well, power now and and even more in the future. I mean, he, he's 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 going to be a really physical kid. Uh, I mean, am I, I, if I was grading him out, I would put a plus plus grade on his power. And and you could you could go really as high as you want. I mean, he's.
0: I mean, really, which I mean, again, five tool gets thrown around too much. But, but he's a five tool guy. I mean, there's there's literally no there's no low no. average tool on the card. No, he's a five
3: tool guy. I mean, he'll have to continue to improve his his ability to hit uh, like all kids will. But right, from there's, from no, there's no 17-year-old right. who
0: grades as a 50 percent. Right,
3: exactly, exactly. But it, I know that he's got hit tools, and I know he's got the mind for it and uh, the hand-eye coordination, the bat speed, the strength, the swing, and and uh, he's a competitor. He's not afraid.
2: You had some other kind of quote-unquote famous, but I, I like to use that word now, mm-hmm. guys who were already famous before they got to this USA team at least in the scouting circles. The favorite story that I heard we, we, we talked about this off-air was Hagen Danner being on this team as a relief pitcher or as a pitcher but also having catching in his back pocket mm-hmm. and that he wound up with his familiarity with Hans Krause, some other players being banged up behind the plate for you with uh, Patrick Bailey, uh, one of your other catchers, that you guys wound up using Hagen Danner Behind the plate in the gold medal game, it's a great story, and, and, and he came through for you with flying colors. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm gonna leave you with JJ for the rest of this, but I want to make sure I ask you the Hagan Danner question. Yeah. While I go pick up my kids, but, um, thank you, Matt, for joining us. But that was, <laughs> but talk about Hagan
3: Danner, some because this this story is awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, Higgins, uh, he's a really tough kid. Uh, he they're, Part of a
0: Huntington Beach program that basically competes at an elite level every year.
3: All the way down to Little League. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's not a moment that is too big for him to process. And, uh, he, you know, he won a Little League World Series. He's played on national teams before. He's won gold mm-hmm. medals before. Been uh, here for an he caught, also. He, yep, yep. He, he wins the NHSI. He he, he caught on the nas- from the national team last year in the gold medal game even when – uh, he he was somewhat hurt, and uh, you know we had him on the team this year. We weren't exactly sure what his role was going to be, but we knew he could help us in a lot of ways. And uh, he didn't get to pitch as much as we thought he was going to. Uh, and but we kept holding him out of catching because we knew we might need him on the mound, and, and we wanted to keep his arm fresh. We let him get a couple of pinch hit at bats. He had a home run in one. You know, he had a, I think he had a double in another and uh, he showed well every time we gave him a chance. And then we got to that gold medal game, and we knew, okay, well, he's not going to pitch anymore.
0: You're, and, you're you were know, loaded with arms.
3: Yeah, so, so we didn't need to save him for that. Um, yeah, Patrick Bailey took a bat to the back of the hand a few games earlier and just wasn't himself receiving-wise, and uh, that's one of the things that we love about him was his, his ability to, to catch and block, and, and so that kind of limited his ability and um you know m j. Melendez was an option as well, and, and he he played fine it wasn't anything against m j It was just that uh Hagen had shown a little more offensive ability, and he had caught in a big game before, and he had familiarity with hans Kraus. and we asked Hans as well you know so what do you think and he said you know yeah i, I like hagan he, he I pitched to him before let's right, do and there,
0: that familiarity is a big it, thing. it was
3: big and and he And the story I was telling was, you know, this was a a decision that the coaches made. It's somewhat of a risky decision. He didn't catch any games for us before that. And now we're just throwing him in there in in the gold medal game. And in the first inning, we're the home team, and uh, the throw down to second base, and he airmails it, you know, over the second baseman's head. And, you know, we're kind of looking around like, "Uh, okay. (laughs) And, um, you know, there were no throws in the first inning. And and, uh, the second inning comes around, and, He's throwing down the second base, and he does it again. Airmails the second baseman. You know, I say, like, "Oh, what have we done?" You know, but uh, the then he comes is, up to uh, hit. I
0: said, the good news is Hans was not, Hans Cross was not allowing any base runners. Right, to, nobody's to getting on base.
3: About. You know, so we're surviving. And, and to, to be honest, he was doing a great job yeah. uh, in the game. He, he caught everything. He blocked everything. He didn't make any mistakes. Uh, but he got he came up in his first at bat with runners on second and third, and uh, the score was zero to zero. And he drove a ball out the middle. Uh, base hit and drove in the first two runs of the game, and that's what we were looking for. We were looking for for that capability, uh, and and he he started the game off for us. He got us on the board and got us moving in the right direction. And with the way the Kraus was throwing, as soon as we got those runs, it, we we felt really comfortable. And he just did a great job, and and he stayed in the whole game, and and it ended up being a you know a really cool thing that to see him persevere throughout the week and not get as many opportunities as maybe he would have liked but to stay in it and stay in it and stay in it and then when the time came to help the team he came through. And and that that was really uh, really cool to see and it was, it's a really good story for those, you know, on a team ever.
0: I mean, that's I was gonna say. that's something that you'll you know, you'll be telling that story sure. two 3 I years mean, down the road to other guys It's like, "Hey, be ready for your moment." Be
3: ready at, at any time. No, I mean, would you rather would you rather play and be guaranteed to not win, or would you rather not play and and win? And when your time does come to play, be ready to play. Because if if you're pouting and if you're upset that you're not playing, well, then when your time does come, you're not going to be ready. You're not going to be able to produce. And he was ready. He stayed ready. He was eager. He wanted to play, and as soon as he got that opportunity, he, he took advantage of it.
0: Three for four, two doubles, a home run, six RBIs, three runs scored. And two walks. So basically, 750, 833, thirty three, two thousand. Yeah, that's being ready for your moment.
3: No doubt. I mean, he he didn't get nearly the abats that the other guys did, but he he made he, every he, one he, of them. He count. made them all count. And and part of the reason he didn't get as many abats is because we were we were saving him on the mound. Right. We had other guys. He's, we had other guys that can do it. A legit pitcher too. I mean, you're oh, talking he's, about, that's probably his his, yeah. his his future. I mean, he, he's he got a great arm I and mean, he's got good secondary stuff and and he's got feel. I mean, he's, he's, he's just a great kid on both sides. I mean, I, I have nothing, there's nothing I could say negatively about him.
0: I don't want to get away from the 17s, but it is one of the things that's notable because you talk about Hagen Danner did this last year, and you have multiple guys on this team mm-hmm. who very well could be the anchors of, of the next year's team. And in Tristan Casas, you've got a guy, first baseman, who also pitched, Who's 90 plus off the mound as a rising sophomore, which is insane in some right. ways. But um, yeah. who's already there? I mean, our
3: underclassmen. Present, our underclassmen.
0: Jared Kellenick yeah, is. Our
3: underclassmen were really exciting. Uh, they they were toolsy across the board, uh, they, they were physical, and, and they impacted the game for us, all of them, all four of them.
0: Casas um, hit a home
3: run, run the first day. Uh, that that hit almost left the entire stadium, uh, not just over the fence. I mean, it was it was a bomb, and uh, he 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 hit in the middle of our order. He impacts the game. I mean, he knows how to hit. He got a great approach, as advanced approach as you'll see from a high school kid. Even you know, I don't care if he's 16, 17, or 18. His approach is is professional, um, and, and he's got serious power, and he knows how to use the whole field. And he lays off of borderline pitches, and he doesn't let. Uh, bad things affect him. I mean, he's 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 a special hitter, and he's a pretty good first baseman. And like you said, he could pitch, and he saved us some innings in some games where um, we we were trying to save pitchers for later, and and uh, that was that was valuable as well.
0: And then Kelnick was was really one of your most consistent hitters, day in day out throughout the entire tournament. For the
3: tournament, yeah, he he was great. I mean, he he settled in, and uh, he he was similar to Royce in the sense that. He, he was much better than his opponent, and, and he 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 hit for some serious damage. I think it was two doubles, two triples, and a home and run. A home run, and the he home was run coming in the gold medal game, which was just the cap of he was just capping off his entire maturation process from day one to to that day. I mean, he he he, he came a long ways and, and learned a lot about the game, and his skill set is is is. is is special. I mean he every
0: Wisconsin kid. Yeah. This is not a California kid, nope. warm weather in Florida, nope. Georgia, anything like that. Right. Wisconsin kid who yep. he's is strong ahead of his yeah. age group. He's ahead of his age
3: group uh, ability-wise. And and maybe because of because Wisconsin he hasn't played quite as much so he's he's learning um, how to play the game, how to approach the game uh, and to his credit he he's a great kid who who wants to be good, who wants to win, who wants to be a teammate and and he wants all that stuff really really bad and, and he's learning how to uh, how to harness all of that desire and energy uh, in a good way and uh, that's something that he was able to do when we got to Mexico and uh, I mean he, 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 he can do everything I mean he can run he got a plus arm he's got serious raw power he can hit He's a very nice outfielder. Could probably even play center field if right. you needed but a prototypical like prototypical a
0: prototypical right fielder.
3: Um, and he can pitch. I mean, he's ninety ninety two on the mound with a with a really good changeup. He doesn't throw breaking balls, but he's got a really good changeup, and he throws strikes. Uh, you know, he's he's more of a one inning type guy. But uh, that lefty out of the pen is pretty valuable. And, you know, that, yeah. that was part of the reason why you know he was he was so desired to be on the team, but. Uh, I mean, I I, again, he's 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 a special talent, and I I see I see really um, good things in his future because I think that mentally he's he's he he thinks it all comes from a good place, and he's gonna he's gonna learn how to harness that positive energy that he has.
0: And and then Nick Allen, who I mean, uh, again on a team that was that was loaded, there's something about being shortstop and being the shortstop that you know. Uh, you know, everyone basically uh, in the dugout knew if the balls hit to him. He's every, out it's out
3: yeah yeah, and this guy, but he's a true shortstop and and he knows how to play the position. he's got he's got feel and instincts for the hitters. Uh, he can read uh, where he needs to set up. he he controls his other fielders and tries to get them in position. He knows hops. he knows he needs to attack the ball. Uh, he's got a plus arm. Uh, which, from his size, you know, you, you, it's almost yeah. He's not, a, he's not a big no, but he can run. He can throw. He's got great hands. He makes electric plays. Uh, he makes hard plays look easy, uh, and um, you know what? He can hit too. I was gonna say this is one, not a guy who no.
0: you bury at the bottom of the lineup. No, he's our leadoff hitter the entire time. And nine and, for nine on steals. Yeah, three forty five, three forty six.
3: He he knows that, and it's something that he works with. He, he works on. Uh, that his approach has to be line drives. He's got to keep it out of the air. And
0: uh, yeah, and power is the one thing that he right. really he's not going to have. he but that's doesn't fine.
3: need it. He doesn't need it. I mean, because he can drive the ball in the gaps. He, he's not weak by any means. It's just not his best chance is not going to be to hit the ball lofty. I mean, hitting the ball in the air is okay, right. but like on the line. But but he doesn't need to try to be hey, hitting the ball out. And, everyone and that's okay. trades
0: off. You mean? Yeah. Hit and power for with the very few exceptions, hit in power is something where okay, if a guy wants to with his approach hit for more power, you can trade off some hit for power. Sure. In his case, he would be trading off a whole lot of hit and that's his right. for a little bit of power. Right. He's smart enough to not do that.
3: Right. He's he's a real smart kid. And and he 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 loves to play and, and he's uh he's a grinder and, and he's a competitor. And he, he takes it very seriously. I mean, he, he, everything, his prep uh, before the game, uh, everything he, uh, he does intentionally, uh, and, and he, he works really hard. And, and it's, it's fun to watch him play. I mean, he it, from a scouting point of, point of view, they are going to be split camp on him, just purely on his size. And, and you know, that's unfortunate for him.
0: Uh, right, but he is, that's, that's the he, one thing is that a high school shortstop that size sometimes... T- teams do kind of look at that and say, sure. you know what, we want to see you do it in college, too.
3: i tell you what, he may be short, but he's not weak. Mm-hmm. He's a strong kid. Uh, he's worked really hard at that, and um, and I, I think his size just limits maybe his power potential, but uh, he, I know he can play shortstop. And, and At and the that's, same
0: time, though, shortstops like that very rarely get through to college baseball. Right, Cause,
3: right. So it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, I... I think teams teams will recognize you know his value and you know and they've gotten a lot of good looks at him. Yeah. Oh yeah. A lot I, of good looks. I mean, he's you know there, there's a lot to like there. So it'll 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 come down to you know ultimately what team likes him the most and if that fits into his plans. You know whether it's college or pro. But I know one thing he loves to play the game of baseball and uh, he's good at it. And whatever team he's on is better because he's on it.
0: Again, this team had a lot of strengths. Did you feel like? Because of where you, the outfield was a strength, I mean really there wasn't a, a big weakness, but the outfield strength, but was it the depth of arms, like if you said what was the the biggest thing that you guys had over everyone else in this tournament was? It was everything yeah
3: <laughs> it was everything. I mean yeah, the depth of arms was good, but when you looked on the field, on, on, you had the advantage there at there, every, there, at every there, position, there. except for like like against Mexico, their catcher was on par with us, mm-hmm. right. Their but short, they, yeah. their shortstop was a very nice defender, but he he wasn't nearly the hitter that Nickel. Allen was, and Allen was every good, every bit as good, prop, no better than their guy. Now he was on par; he could have played on our team mm-hmm. defensively, but across the board, every position, we overpowered the other teams, and that that was, it, it was it was really startling to see, like wow, like this this is what we're bringing to the table.
0: And that's got to be, I mean, again, you already are at work now on doing right. this again next year. And again, the stage gets bigger next year. Yep. You, you add in, you know, you basically, it's the world championships. It's not, right. you're not worried about just North, you know, about the Americas. When, you, when you're looking at that, I mean, one of the things that jumps out is, is that you, I mean, this is what you, this went according to plan. But the tough thing about that is, is okay, as you said, that's just, okay, now let's do it again.
3: Right. Well, so now, now the goal is to find the best players we can possibly find but also instill in them, which I thought we did a really good job this year of this, was instill in them that this is a team mm-hmm. and that we have it's to different. play together as a team. And this is not a showcase.
0: And the tough thing about that is, is that you are talking about this is a 20-man roster. There's only <laughs> 20 guys cannot play every, every game. No doubt. There's no way. You basically are taking guys who have been the best player on almost every team they've ever played on, and they're having to turn into role players in some cases.
3: Right. that's that's a difficult task, um, and and that's. But why? it's also
0: useful because that's something they're going to have to no. learn to adjust to. No, no. In bro- your pro ball, everyone is the was the best right. player on their right. high school
3: team. Right. Yeah, and and that's just part of the process, and. That, I'm trying to start that process earlier and earlier, even before they even make the team. You know, I, I'm, I'm trying to get out there and and, and talk with players and families, and, and we do development camps, and uh, we're, we're, we're trying to to improve that aspect of, of baseball in general, uh, but, you know, especially, you know, at, at the U.S., at the national team uh, level. So uh, that is our challenge. You know, we, we do have the best col- – the best – group of players the challenge is can we get them to come together and play uh, for that month as a team and, and try to collectively go win something together and not just showcase their abilities
0: right and the thing about this is as you said the talent level is such you maybe can win that way right you know if you basically maybe just, right but, but you also know, might lose i mean but you know that you have a much better chance of right. winning if everyone and it's baseball, and right.
3: and you want you want to eliminate as as little as much of the doubt as you possibly can, but because anybody can win on any particular day. And there is the other
0: part of it that this is the U.S. national team. If that's something that is instilling, that's helping players develop that, which we are talking about the next stars of the game as well. I mean, you look at USA baseball over the years, and we are talking about many of the future stars. You know, that's where one of the ways that they kind of first hit the, the, the national and international stage, there's something beneficial for the players as well. That's a, a lesson no that doubt. if you don't have it yet, you need to have at some point.
3: It, the players that play in this program, whether it's the trials uh, on to the national team, all 40 of those guys and then the guys that make the team, they they get an experience that they really never had before. I mean, they play some travel ball. And they try to win a tournament here or there. But but this this deal. There's a difference
0: between wearing not, nothing against the travel teams, but yeah. wearing you know wearing whatever you know your your travel team name is, and yeah. USA.
3: Yeah, you, I think Chris Oakey was was on this team a, a couple times and, and was a big part of it, and and he, he coined a phrase that stuck with our with the program that you know we we leave as as teammates, but we return as brothers, and and that's that's the experience that we're talking about. The kids, the kids. Come together, in almost as the enemy when we get to these these other countries because because we're we're the team that everybody's trying to beat mm-hmm. and, and nobody wants us to win, and uh, and you want to be that because right. the reality is, is yeah. that's because you yeah. keep
0: winning and, and so we come together. Cuba used to be that it's, because it's, I mean that's yeah. what you want to take that title. Yep, yep,
3: yeah, yeah. and and we we uh, it's us against the world literally, and and if we want to win we, we have to we have to eliminate anything that's negative and be productive with everything that we do. And and, and that's that's been our, our goal, and, and I think that we did it pretty well this year, and I, I think we're off to a good start to do that again next year.
0: Again, the process never stops. It's no. now, you know. Yeah. I, I was gonna say, because right now you're building the list of yeah. 100. Is that the first, cut? Co- you know, like basically the, the TOS invite roster? We're working on that
3: right now. Uh, the number might get a little smaller next year. Um, but ultimately, we whittle it down to 40 for the trials. And the Tournament of Stars will be somewhere uh, between uh, 75 and 100 kids. And uh, once we get out of the Tournament of Stars, it's down to 40. And then from there, it's down to 20.
0: I mean, the whole part of it, it's its its fun looking at it from the outside also because it is. It's, it's great talent. And it's also players with great talent who are learning to play together, basically, right. and you're building a team. It's, right. It's, yep. it's fun to watch.
1: But. Yeah, and,
3: and you're also the coaching staffs that we put together oh. have, been, have been really, really good. The, the players, the experience that they're getting with these coaches uh, is, is at an elite level. I mean, this year we had uh, former major leaguers at, at our trials. Our mm-hmm. trials coaches were David Eckstein and Andy Stankiewicz, both who played shortstop in the major leagues for double-digit years just about together, and uh, Scott Bankhead, who was a major league pitcher and pitched on a collegiate national team. Um, we had uh, Mark Ross, who's a former major league pitcher and now, now a scout. Uh, Gerald Laird caught in the major leagues forever in USA Baseball. That and won a World Series with the Cardinals in 2011. Thank you, Gerald. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. you're, 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 you have a yeah. soft spot there. As well, yeah, I have a fellow I, member of I have the a ring. Program. You know, thanks to his his, his team. Uh, but uh, and then Greg Ritchie is 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 a hitting coach who's a former major league hitting coach, and he. He uh, is on a different level when it comes to hitting. So the instruction and, and the tutelage that those guys are giving to these players is just at a different level than what they're getting anywhere else. And and uh, that's something I'm really proud of and something that I, I want to continue to do uh, with this program.
0: But, well, again, Matt, congratulations Thank you. on your one. Thank you. Now I just gotta go out and do it again Doing in it. year two. Absolutely. In year three, Absolutely. and year four. You know. <laughs> That's the goal. That's but but we do appreciate the time. Absolutely. We could literally do this for, you know, four hours. I don't want to hold you and we'll break down every player. I'm you know, we may have you back to okay, now we'll do prospects number, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Because again, this team this is a team, if you just go to, you know, just look at the stats from this, there's a lot of guys that we're gonna be looking at for years from this and go, wow, you know. I this, think we'll
3: have a lot of guys from this team that'll be in contention for the 2020 Olympic team, which yeah. is exciting to think about. this could be a core that goes to Japan and and tries to win a gold medal
0: you know, and for, who has the experience I, of having played together, right. which is never a bad thing.
3: right. So that's I that's, mean that's always
0: been a tough thing.
3: That's something exciting about this group. I, I, I we've talked about that as a group, and I think uh, that that if if that could happen, it would be a good thing and, and uh, it's real exciting to think about.
0: I the, the the only thing that could mess that up is some of these guys are so good that they may maybe. Uh, they may speed their clock maybe. up too fast.
3: Maybe. I uh, mean you're talking about 4 years from now. You know, a couple of them maybe. Right. Yeah, but but the majority of them should be right in that wheelhouse. Right. It's up. just in the wheelhouse cuz like right. if
0: you think about like we were talking about Corey Seager. You double know, we talk a. about that 2012 class. Yep. That's basically the 2012 say, okay, if it would have been the 2016 Olympics. Right. Well, 2016, that would have been right at the time where it would have been like, yeah, okay, no, Seager's in double A. You can have him. Right,
3: exactly, exactly. You so, know. you know, these guys that were on this team, I mean, hopefully they're the core that, that goes and wins a gold medal. Uh, in,
0: if in, you lose and one or two because they're sure, already in the I'm big sure leagues. somebody else will come
3: around, but uh, that's –
0: that is a great way of thinking it of it. Is. And it it's is. also, I mean, that is one. That is a great way to wrap it up, just for USA Baseball as a whole. The fact that baseball is going to be back in the Olympics, that's a, that's a big, that, that's, that's significant in many ways also, because it is something where international tournaments, I mean, World Baseball Classic is one thing, but the Olympics is something, there's been a void there of that being gone. I agree. And now... Yeah. Everyone, baseball, everyone.
3: Deserves, baseball should be in the Olympics. There's no yes. It's one if, of the major sports in the world. If be. ballroom dancing is yeah. the Olympics,
0: then we should right. definitely have baseball in the Olympics. Exactly. And especially if being in Japan. Right. You know. And,
3: and that's, that's a great thing for the U.S. And it's a great platform for USA Baseball and, and for just our, our entire scope of what we do. And uh, we're excited about it.
0: As Baseball America, we're excited about, too. But, Matt, it's been great to catch up again. Thank you. Thank you, and thank you, everyone, for the download here. We'll be back, as we've been doing all week, with another Baseball America podcast. This concludes our program. Want more in-depth baseball coverage? Be a better fan. Visit BaseballAmerica.com to get more comprehensive baseball coverage. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispie Sandwich.